Hello and welcome back to Crystal Clear, the podcast where clarity is the goal, clarity in life, clarity in choices, and just being totally clear with who I am and where I desire to be. Crystal Clear is my affirmation and today is a special episode because I have an amazing guest. Her name is Latrice Sampson Richards and I'm so happy to have her. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> yes, guys. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I have been afraid <laughs> to have professionals on my show because I knew they would get on air and say, Crystal is crazy. Y'all should stop listening to her. <laughs> she needs help. No, I just, I just, you know what? I've been wanting to do it, but I just, I've been up and down, up and down, up and down um, for whatever reason. When my creativity got me attention, I didn't know how to take it. So, listen, I have finally said, you know what? Embrace it all. Embrace it all. You don't know what it is. You could be blocking the blessing. So just embrace it. So we have Latrice Sampson Richards. First of all, I have listened to her podcast. I really enjoy her. She is a safe place. Like, I don't know if she realizes it, but like everything about her is comfort. Like she just, she's comforting. So I really appreciate like her being, and I'm happy she's here, but I'm going to shut up and let her tell you all about herself. Well, thank you. That's such a, uh, you're so nice. Like you're just, you're a really nice person. Um, and I enjoy your podcast as well. Um, I don't know if you, well, let me, let me introduce myself first. So my name, as Crystal said, is Latrice Sampson Richards. I am a mental and emotional wellness, creative licensed professional counselor and a certified life enhancement coach. And I teach black women the skills that we need in order to heal and manifest. And I do so by sharing my journey with you in hopes that it'll help you along your own. And Crystal is talking about my podcast, Unicorns Talk Podcast, which I'm actually um, closing. I'm going to be officially closing Unicorns Talk Podcast. I'm uh, recording in my new office. And I said that the first thing, like my first order of business, once I get my new office up and running, um, is to record the final episode of Unicorns Talk podcast, um, which is bittersweet for me uh, because it's been my baby for a long time. Um, but I have some new things coming that I'm working on. And uh, so some new stuff will be coming out real soon. But Crystal, I don't know if you know or not, but um, you were the first podcast that I listened to. Um, and, and, uh, oh God, how about three or four years ago, you've been doing this for a while, haven't you? Yes. Since like November of 2016. That's how I track it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you were one of the first podcasts that I listened to. And I oh feel like God. you actually, I was listening to one of your episodes and you turned me on to either it was the read or the friend zone, one of one of those. Um, uh, and so you were one of the the very first podcasts that I listened to when one of my friends was like, uh, "You ever thought about doing a podcast?" And I was like, "A podcast? What is that?" <laughs> like I didn't even know what a podcast was. Uh, and so I started just kind of looking around and like googling and stuff like that. And somehow I came across your podcast. I. I 
don't know how, but I came across your podcast and I listened to a few episodes um, of your show and I was like, wow, like she's just talking, you know? Yes, Yes, ma'am. She's just talking like, and, and I appreciated your authenticity and I still do. I appreciate current current tense um your authenticity and just how you know you just like you know hey this is me this is who I am and hopefully um you know I'm as I'm growing you can get something out of that you know um I appreciated that that really resonated with me um and you know I kind of do the same thing similar um you know but different obviously Um, and, uh, so yes, I don't, I, I, that's why I was telling you, like, I knew from the beginning, like, this is a full circle moment for me, you know, because I knew from the beginning that at some point in time, um, I was going to make my way on this show and here we are, you know what I'm saying? And I think I listened to your show and you said, I'm waiting for Crystal Clear (laughs) to ask me. I I got scared. I'm like, oh my God. Like, why? I don't know. Like, I don't, I cannot explain. It's just like, I felt like, like, what do people think I'm like something? Cause like, to me, I'm just me and I just talk, you know, and you know, while I, I understand today, like I reached people, but it was scary to be reaching so many people and to hear that I was inspiring so many people. I, it scared me. Mm. And so like, it felt like I had to live up to something that I wasn't quite sure I was. And I guess people call it the imposter syndrome, but I don't know if it was completely that, if it were just, if it are, if it was just me, just like, I'm not ready. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not ready. You know, like I just, I, you know what? I tell people all the time that before I realized people was listening, I was very comfortable, you know, like I did, I was scared, but at the same time I was fine with it just being like one or two people. And then when I realized people were listening, it scared me. And it took a lot to bring that same level of authenticity and myself to the, you know, to the plate. Like I was, because it's like, Oh, they listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely get that. I mean, I guess it could be, you know, some imposter syndrome or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, the technical term might be, you know, that that my peers and colleagues would would probably like to use. But I think at the end of the day, it's really um I think the realization of how powerful you are. Um, is a scary thing, you know, because Mm. we're so conditioned to believe that we are powerless. We're so conditioned to believe that we just have to, you know, take whatever life gives us and and make the best of it, you know, lemons into lemonade and all of that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what about them strawberries, though? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, it don't always have to be lemons. Um, sometimes it can be strawberries or sometimes it could be a little, you know, a little rhubarb or something, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it don't always have to be <laughs> lemons. And so I think the, the reality of, you know, I, I talked about this, not, I think I want to say last week, I talked about this in my Facebook group, um, I do, I do a couple live streams a month in the, in the Facebook group. And we talked about the fear of success. Everybody talks about the fear of failure, um, but fear of success, I believe is way more common um, because it's not just about what if I don't meet my goal? It's what if I meet my goal and then I'm, 
I'm not able to maintain it. You know what I'm saying? So Valid. like, what, what is, what if meeting my goal is a fluke? What if I'm not as good as I think I am? What if I'm not as good as they think I am? Oh. So I might get there, but what if I can't maintain it? Or what if I get there and then I lose it? I, you know, am I strong enough to deal with the emotional turmoil that's associated with that? So I think fear of success is is way more common than fear of failure. But the truth of the matter is, is that in order to be afraid of success, you got to know you could get there. Man. <laughs> Nail on the head. You know what I'm yes, saying? You know absolutely. you're capable. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is what it is. And it's like what like just to, you know, wrap your head around that, mm. it's still it's still scary. You're just like, man, like I do know, I know something. You know, like yeah. I know there's something to it, but like why am I afraid of it? And I used to tell my mom all the time, like, mom, like, you know, we're super religious, raised in a religious, you know, household and church or whatever. I'm like, Mom, we we know how to trust God during a struggle, but we do not know how to trust him through success. Like, we do not know how. Like, that is so weird for us, you know, like, to just, like, keep, like, leveling up and, you know, realizing our blessings. And you're just like, wow, what is this place? Like, a part of us is prepared for doom, you know? Well, I think that it's it's more in the way that you look at it, right? Because mm-hmm. you said like we we know how to trust them in the struggle, but we don't know how to trust them in success. But here's the the getcha gotcha, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Is that uh success is a struggle, you know? Woo-hoo. It's it's an emotional struggle. So if you if you can trust him when things are are tangibly rough, then you should be able to trust him when things are emotionally rough as well. Rough is rough, you know? Right. Um and so, you know, it's it's about, I think, understanding who you are, understanding what you are capable of and understanding that at the end of the day, fear, no matter what that fear is based in, you know, like no matter what that fear is surrounding or what that fear is connected to. Fear is a product of the unknown. It's about not knowing, not knowing if I can maintain, not knowing if I can accomplish, not knowing if, you know, this is sincere, not knowing yada, yada, yada. Fear is about not knowing. And so the best way to combat that fear is through information. Mm -hmm. And so you have to feed yourself with the information that you need in order to combat that fear. A lot of times that information is about who you are, where you are, what you can do, what skill sets you have, what you're lacking, what deficits you need to fill in order to increase your capacities. Um, And sometimes that information is about the outside world, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. understanding, like you said, like getting that feedback from your market. What is it that your market is looking for from you so that you can make sure that you're tailoring to that. And then the more information you get, the more confidently you can move forward because you're addressing the unknown. Mm. so much good advice so much I I really wish I wasn't holding my phone and was writing (laughs) (laughs) writing down well you the good thing is that you got it recorded so you could go back you know you could go back and write it down yes I can yes I can listen like you preached already like if we give them the four the the what six or seven minutes we've already recorded they're good but we have so much more in store (laughs) yes yes you've done so much already so I thank you just for this much so far but the reason we are having a conversation right now is because Latrice made a post five days ago 
And it just resonated with me. And the post was, nobody's as powerful as we make them out to be. Now, in terms of what we're already talking about, maybe this could be like my view of what it takes to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm looking at like the successful people and saying, oh, wow, like they must do this, that, or the third, like they must work so hard. They must, you know, have this many degrees. They must have, you know, I just imagine that they, you know, are like these mega brains and they're doing this because it's easy for them. And this is just how it works. You know, like I can imagine a whole lot of things that prop them up to be more than what they could be. But the point of the matter is like, is that true? And is that just my way of, you know, doubting my capabilities, you know? Yeah. So I just want to talk about like how many different ways just people not being as powerful as we make them out to be can affect us in our day to day, how it affected us in childhood, like how it affects us in identifying who we are. I just want to have that conversation. Yeah, so, let's go. Let's do that. Okay. So you want me to, oh, I was about to say you want me to start. Well, well how are we gonna start? Go for it. Well, you make you make a reference. You you you. I can you can read the post or I can read the post, but you make a reference to like how are you, where are you in your change journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like where are you in life in regards to you know realizing who you are and what you want and how you're showing up in the world. And that's how I took it. You know, when you said your change journey, because I feel like starting my podcast, doing what I do, it was all about me defining who I am, being clear with who I am, you know, and accepting it and like showing the world, this is who I am. Not to, um, you know, like be brag or boastful, but like to be like, this is who I am and this is who I'm accepting, you know? Yeah. Like I'm not finding flaw in this person. I am, accepting who I am, whatever it is. And I'm hoping that I'm encouraging somebody else to accept who they are and encourage who they are and support who they are. Because all, all of my life, I feel like I've been discouraged from accepting who I am as an individual. So let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, my change journey has been, uh, a lot of ups and downs, which that's that's just the reality of change. That's the truth of what change looks like. It is a series of ups and downs. And so, you know, there were so many times in my life, like when I think back from childhood, when I think back to high school and middle school and, and things like that, and even like college um, to a certain extent, um, there were so many times where I've just felt paralyzed by fear, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that fear came back to not living up to other people's expectations. Like mm. I went through a period, it, really my whole life, um, I always felt like people put me in this box, like people put me up on this pedestal. I was a good kid. I didn't get into a lot of trouble or nothing like that. You know, like I wasn't that kid that was like running away and shit, you know, like I, that wasn't, can I curse? Is that all right? Okay. okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I never really felt like I was, the person that people made me out to be, you know, Mm. and I always felt like people put me on this pedestal and they locked me into this 
idea of of who they thought that I was and they never Latrice, even <laughs> you you you're you're speaking me you're talking me this is <laughs> Uh, like, like you're you're you're, take, you're taking the words out of my mouth right now. I'm I'm right there with you. Okay. <laughs> and, and as soon as I would say anything or do anything that was outside of that little box that they had them put me in, that I have, I had no input into the shape of that box, the development of that box. Like y'all done put me into this box. And anytime I said or did anything outside of that box, then it was like, I can't believe you did that. Or you not the person that I thought you was, or oh, you acting funny or you did. And I'm like, I never said that I was that person. I never told you that that's who I was. And so over time, you know, when that, it just kept happening, kept happening, kept happening. What I realized is that I started boxing myself in, you know, like mm -hmm. I started to put those expectations on myself because I didn't want to disappoint other people or right. I just didn't, I didn't want to hear what they had to say. Like I got tired of hearing people say, oh, I can't believe you did this or, oh, I can't believe you did that or you changing or this, that and the other. And so it was like, you know, I started boxing myself in and putting on a face and being what I believe they wanted me to be based on who they told me they thought I was. And it was controlling me, you know, it right. was, it, I, I was feeling suffocated. I was depressed. I was sad. I was disconnected from who I was. Um, I didn't feel authentic at all. And really, um, there's a period of about six years in my youth that are just fuzzy to me. Like wow. I barely remember, like sometimes we'll be going through pictures and stuff, or we'll be talking about, you know, reminiscing and going down memory lane and, and people will be like, Oh yeah, you know, so-and-so you remember that time we did. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I remember being there, but I don't, remember being there you know what I'm right. saying like I was not present and I think that's because I just kind of blocked a lot of it out I, I was just coasting I was not present I was not aware I was not in the moment and so it wasn't really until I started my own personal change journey like right before I hit 30 maybe really it started around when I was about uh, 27 28 it was a gradual progression and then I hit 30 and it was like the veil was just kind of lifted and uh, it was a struggle for me it really was it was a struggle for me but that was the beginning of my personal change journey. And over time, as I started to just kind of peel back the onion on all mm -hmm. of the, the different things that I was struggling with, I realized that a huge portion of that was trying to meet the expectations of other people. Right. And right. I had to relieve myself of that. So do you think like it's a coming of age sort of thing? Do you feel like our childhood, like for a lot of us, we can probably relate to feeling like we weren't ourselves and we did like, you know, kind of coast or, you know, go on autopilot until we could make a decision because we felt like all the decisions were made for us. And like once we finally got in a seat to where we could be in control, it took a while for us to cut on completely. But then once we did, we were like, oh, OK, this is where I am this is what I need to do. Do you feel like that's like common for people? Like we just get to a certain point in life and we turn on? Um, I, I think it 
is common to a certain extent, but I don't think that everybody goes through that phase. I think that okay. unfortunately there's a lot of people who just get stuck and never really get to a place where they're able to see themselves mm. um, and to be themselves and to kind of like uh, really stand in and live their truth, um, un unfortunately. Um, okay. But I do think that it's a natural progression. I think that there takes a certain amount of maturity um, in order to, to create the opportunity for that kind of awakening to happen. Um, mm -hmm. But it, I, I can't say that everybody goes through it, but I do think that the opportunity for it is there. Okay. All right. Cause it just, for me, like when you were explaining, like feeling like you being put in a box, I feel like even, even like with crystal clear, the podcast, I feel like I was getting put in a box and I was just like, okay, what is this box? I don't, you know, like, I feel like I was fighting against so many things. It's like, okay, I, I wanted to be myself. Um, I wanted to continue to be myself. Right. Um, attention was kind of like not keeping me from being myself, but like also scaring me at the same time. Like it just ga gave me anxiety mm -hmm. about like how real I was willing to be. And then, um, then like people, you know, because I talk about my religious background just to give people like a point of reference, not to define who I am today, just to kind of give them like some idea of why my ideas might be transitioning from one thing to another, you know, just to kind of help them there. And I feel like just that reference, like made them put me there and keep me there. And I feel like that's limiting. And like, when I feel like I'm in the box, I'm like, no, <laughs> you get nothing. If right. you're ignorant enough to limit me, I don't want to, I don't want to give you anything, you know, like, that's not who I am. That's not, that's not what I said. I was like, you were saying, and it's just like, where did y'all get that from? Like, I'm just trying I'm trying to help, you know what? Never mind. You know, because like right. I'm the kind of person in life to where I feel like I work really, really hard to make it easy as a part of my people pleasing for others. But it's like I do double work because I did all that that groundwork to make it easy for you for a lot of people. And then they still they 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 overlook that. And so they get to where I am and I'm like, you didn't see all this stuff I did for you for you to just kind of be read up on it. And they're like, What? And then they gotta go back and I'm like, you know what? This is this is too hard. Right. <laughs> Right. It's too hard. Like I've I tried, you know? And so mm -hmm. that's kind of where like how I see it even today, like as you're trying to, you know, um define yourself in different spaces creatively, creatively, people still tend to bring their box over. You know, they need you do people I sense that people need to be able to define you and that yes. definition of you is the box. Yes, yes. Like it's human nature. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the thing that I think a lot of us um, need to understand is that humans need to label. Um, mm. That's just what it is. People talk all that kind of bullshit about not labeling this and not labeling that. And even the idea of being like non-binary, that is a label. That's okay. a label in and of itself. Um, human beings need to label things. That's how the brain works. We need to understand what things are so that we can honestly, at the end of the day, determine the level of risk that thing has to our lives. It's a survival mm -hmm. tactic. So right. we, we are wired to label, we are wired to understand. And once you understand that, right, mm. that that's the reality of, of human beings and of human existence, then you can, you know, go about 
figuring out what your labels are, because I think the piece that gets missed in that more often than not is that you get to choose what those labels look like too. You know, like you don't have to just go with the label that was placed on you. You get to change those labels around. um, You know, it's a, it's a, a related story, but not exactly related. I'm going to get to the point. You listen to my podcast, girl. You know how this goes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So whenever I go to the grocery store, um, I like buying grapes, you know, but Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times they fill that bag up. Like they put so much grapes in the bag and grapes is expensive. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I don't need a whole bag of grapes. I just need a few little grapes to get me through the next couple of days because I hate throwing grapes away, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't like to buy so many. And uh, I was talking to one of my friends and I was saying, girl, they had them grapes on sale, but I ain't getting none because there was so many in the bag they didn't have no small bags and she was like well why you just don't take some out the bag (laughs) and I was like you could do that (laughs) she said yeah girl I do it all the time she was like I take some of those grapes on out of that bag and I put them inside of another bag and then I just take what I need and that way you ain't got to pay no five and six dollars for a bag of grapes you just pay for what you need and I was completely (laughs) like Girl, you would have thought that girl had gave me a billion dollar idea. The thought had never crossed my mind that I could choose Mm -hmm. how many grapes I wanted to take. That if the bag was too much or not enough or whatever, 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 that I could move some things around to make a bag that suited me. And I think it's the same thing that we experience when it comes to like our boxes and our labels and the way that we see ourselves. You know, a lot of times the labels that people have put on us, they do represent some part of us. You do go to church. You are, you know, religious or spiritual Mm -hmm. or however you choose to identify yourself. That Mm -hmm. is a part of who you are. So they're not completely wrong Mm -hmm. in saying that, you belong to that box. However, that's not the only box that you belong in. You have the opportunity to choose how much of yourself goes into each one of those boxes and which boxes are represented in your life, right? And so I think understanding that we have those choices, that we get to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little dash of this and a little sprinkle of that, whatever it is that we want to be, we can be all of those things and still be authentically who we are. We can still be true to who we are. And when when we understand that, then we can be comfortable in showing that and in expressing that and, and standing in our truth and the reality of that for the outside world to see. Right, right. I, I love how you put that. The grape story was perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Because uh, I feel like that speaks to it, too. Like when you um, made reference to your childhood and like you weren't the you know troublemaker, you know, you did what you were supposed to do. I feel like a lot of us are we play by the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we don't want to disturb a package. That's how the store has it. Let's why, mm-hmm. why would I change it? Like, who am I? You know, right, <laughs> like, right. Why, why would I do that? Why would right. I undo this? You know, so we're just we just follow the rules and we work with what we're given. And while that's n- clearly not a problem. It it can, you know, maybe hinder us when we do have options, you know, we, yes. we, we can't we're slow to exercise those options because we are such 
you know, we we abide by the rules, you know, when it yeah. comes to, you know, simple things like, girl, just do this. Like, I remember being a, a younger kid and if it came to like having to sneak in somewhere that I didn't belong, like I had the hardest time. Everybody would be in there, you know, threatening me and gritting their teeth like, and I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm, I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> right, right. I'm not supposed to be in there. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want this problem. You know, like, nope, I can't do it. Like, but that was my life. Like, I, I'm living the life of the person who just wanted to show me the rules. Let me, let me, let me uh, make myself, you know, familiar with them. I'll do those things. Okay. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. We, we start boxing ourselves in. we mm-hmm. start limiting ourselves. And, and even though, you know, I really wanted to go into that room, I really mm-hmm. wanted to do that thing. Yes. I wanted to have that experience and I wanted to be a part of that group. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm denying myself an experience. I'm denying mm-hmm. myself a pleasure or a joy or yes. a something that, you know, I, I would like to explore about who I am because of the boxes that other people have put me in, which means mm-hmm. that I am keeping myself in that box. Just like, right. you know, just kind of coming back to that analogy of the grapes, because I was afraid or didn't know that it was possible to take some grapes out. I just didn't get no grapes at all. And I love grapes. <laughs> you know, that, I love yeah. grapes and they was on sale. It was a good right. price for the grapes. But because I was in that box of you don't do this, you take what's given to you and you, you know, you don't make too many waves and, you know, you don't make yourself seen, uh, uh, you know, you have to minimize yourself or whatever, 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 because I was in that space, I denied myself something that was of interest to me. And so we began to box ourselves in Mm -hmm. based on what we believe that the world expects from us. And we start denying ourselves the experiences that would be able to help us to grow and help us to connect to ourselves, help us to know who we are. And so we end up getting to a place where we look up and we have no idea who we spend in 24 hours out of the day with. We don't know ourselves. We're not connected to ourselves in a way that feels genuine and authentic because we spend so much time trying to fit into those boxes. That is very, very true. And I feel like a lot of it is given given to us, like it's a part of the black experience as well. Mm. Um, just just really quick, I remember being in this restaurant and it was like my little girl, she's she's six now, but she was like three at the time. We were in this restaurant, it was her birthday or near her birthday, and they gave her a balloon. And I remember telling her, because we were about to leave, I'm like, hey, do not let the balloon go because if you do, it's gonna go all the way up and that's gonna be that, you know? Right. And so what does she do? She lets the balloon go. Of course. And I'm here, the quick reminder, oh, that is that, buy a balloon. And so there's like this, you know, white man, you know, kind of across the way, but he's, I guess, reading my lips and he's paying attention to us. And he's watching my little girl's eyes go up to this balloon and he's seeing me shake my head. Oh, well. And he gets the waiter and he tells him to get the balloon. The man gets a chair gets on the table, reaches up, grabs the balloon, she has a balloon back. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, what is this? You know? Right. Like for me and in my life, my experience is if I mess it up, I lose it. Mm. You know? Yeah. And and life is telling you there's a way to get it back. Like just because 
you mess up or you didn't think or you know you misstep it doesn't mean that it's lost but that's mm. what life I feel like has represented for me like you mess up it's gone you know yeah. and and I was like repeating that same you know experience to my child and no that's not true for her <laughs> you yeah know? or it doesn't have to be true it doesn't for her. have to be true for her yeah yeah I think I think and it's not necessarily just the black experience but unfortunately mm-hmm. it is something that we experience um very heavily in the black community is you know that that the rules are not the same for us you know mm-hmm. I, it's not lost on me that it was a white man that brought you to that realization that that balloon wasn't completely gone because in his world, the balloon is never really gone. You know what I'm saying? Like he Mm -hmm. can always get the balloon back, even if that means getting a brand new balloon, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's definitely not lost that uh, it was a white man that, that taught you that. But the reality is that um, that's not something that's just for white people. That's something that is for us, you know, like it, it, that healing, that kind of restoration that mm-hmm. kind of healing it it does belong to us it's just that um you we're know like accustomed we, to it maybe yeah yeah well we're not accustomed to it but I think also we're, we're not accustomed to it because that we have not been conditioned for it right so right. like your mama probably taught you that the balloon is gone when it's gone. You let go of that mm-hmm. balloon, it's gone. And that's because her mama taught her that the balloon is gone. And so now you're teaching to your daughter that the balloon is gone, right? Because mm-hmm. the generation after generation after generation, that has been the experience is that mm-hmm. once you let go of that balloon, once you make that bad step, once you make a poor decision, then that is a scarlet letter that sticks with you for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. Because that has been the black experience. Um, but we're in a different place now. We um, are, it's we it's are. not completely different. You know, there's obviously, <laughs> we know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We know it ain't completely different, but we are in a different place now. Um, we are the first cohort of black people who, I, I, I like to say we are the first generation benefactors of the civil rights movement, right? So mm-hmm. our cohort that I was zennials um right as they they calling us zennials and millennials as they calling us I don't like to call myself a millennial nothing against the millennials but I don't identify as millennial um and I'm not, definitely not a generation xer so they kind of gave us that zennial uh label or whatever so but anyway we are the first generation benefactors of the mm-hmm. civil rights movement we are the first ones that have never known life without, you know, integration that have never known life without opportunities. Now, granted, those opportunities were definitely not at the same level as, you know, the, our white counterparts, but Mm -hmm. it was far beyond the opportunities that were available to our parents. right? Right. And so we are in a different place in our lives. We have, uh, more money than we've ever had before. We have more education than we've ever had before. We have more opportunities than we've ever had before. And for the first time ever, really ever, um, we have the opportunity to think about our feelings. So is that is that probably a piece and why it feels like maybe that kind of like we're kind of throwing our weight around because it's not the norm for us? 
What you mean throwing our weight around? Because I, I feel like when when I get, I feel like a lot of the feedback I get are when I'm talking about like how I feel and, you know, in comparison to who I feel like I was up until a point to where I felt like, you know what, this is, this is my experience and I need to be okay with everything I involve myself in and I need to be aware and I need to give myself permission for it. Like if I don't, if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you kind of just taking charge with your time and your energy and I feel like the more I exercise my nose and, you know, explain the whys and even though I didn't owe one, but just trying to make sure I was clear, it felt like I was like, you know, kind of doing more than what I guess my, my I guess the, the box that they would put me in would allow. But it was kind of like just being assertive and people were kind of considering you somebody who oh you don't you don't think you know rules apply to you you don't feel like you have to do what everybody else does and I'm like it's not that I don't feel like I have to do those things I'm I'm just I feel the toll it takes on me when I involve myself with something I don't want to do right so it's like if if I feel like I'm hurting your feelings by telling you no this is just me you know not wanting to hurt your feelings but not hurting myself in turn and doing it anyway you know it's like I feel like I guess doing your weight around is not a good word for it but it's just like it's kind of like not your norm it's like to me it feels like it seems like a newer thing than what my mama would have done you know yeah well because it is so it's it's I I agree I don't I wouldn't necessarily say that throwing your weight around is is maybe the the right expression because based on what you're explaining um it it sounds more like, um, you know, like this idea of being disrespectful or this idea of being uppity or thinking you too much or thinking you this or thinking you that, um, like as if you are the exception to the rule, like who do you, who, who do you think you are? Who are you to set boundaries? Who are you to set expectations for people? And, and who are you to deviate from what traditionally has been in place? And yes, I do think that this, the fact that we are the first generation benefactors of the civil mm-hmm. rights movement contributes to that because yeah. we, our, our parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and, you know, all, all of the people who came before us, they didn't have a chance to, you know, emote, you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't have an opportunity to think about what they really wanted. They didn't have a chance to think about what actually like mattered to them outside of honestly basic survival and just trying to make it, you know, every generation has gotten a little closer to that though. Right. Mm -hmm. Because their parents, their grandparents, our ancestors, our slave ancestors, right. um, they were literally in survival mode, just trying to live, trying to make it from day to day, fighting for uh, freedom, right? So then freedom came and then the fight was equality, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what our parents and our grandparents fought for was equality. And so then equality came and now we're fighting for justice, right? Mm-hmm. But in that fight for justice, what gives us the audacity to fight for that justice is the fact that we are able to connect with our emotions. We are able to say, I don't like the way this makes me 
feel. I don't like the fact that when I'm in these spaces, when I'm in these classrooms, when I'm in this workplace, that I have to be made to feel less than, or I have to be made to feel like um, I have to minimize myself or whatever, 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 for your benefit. That's not justice. That's not just, you know? Um, And so we have the opportunity to emote and to be expressive about the emotions that we're having and to communicate um, clearly what it is that we're feeling, what it is that we want, what it is that we need, um, and to do so from a place of authenticity. And that is unlike anything that our uh, ancestors have ever really been able to do. You know what I'm saying? And so it can feel disrespectful. It can come off as, you know, kind of breaking from the pack. And I feel like a lot of us are going through that. A lot of people in our age group mm-hmm. are are going through that, especially with family, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know I, I am and I have. Um, right. And yeah, it's a, it's a struggle. And I feel like that's why I defined it that way because even though that's not what it is, it's definitely what it feels like, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. like, I, I went through my uh, selfish stage where I was calling it, you know, selfish or whatever, not because I felt like I was being selfish, but that's how it was defined, right? So I was coming to the terms of being okay with it being defined as selfish. So if that's how you define it, that's fine. I'm okay with it. But this is just the way my self-care looks right now, even though I know it's not selfish, you know? And so it's, it's, it's just, I just kind of adopted their definition and said, okay, because I feel like if we have to, if we stay in that place where, um, you know, we understand how we're labeled and we understand how people have us in this box, if we stay in that place to where we don't want the, the, the negative labels, we kind of stay stuck, right? We kind of have to find ourselves okay with the label they give it, even though we know in our hearts, that's not what it is, you know? Yeah, well, because I think that historically we have, in order for us to survive, we had to stick together in mm-hmm. in that way, which meant that no matter how somebody treated you, no matter how somebody um, spoke to you, no matter how somebody made you feel, you had to take it, suck it up and keep rolling because you have a better chance at survival, whether that's financial survival, your life depended on it. Absolutely. Like literally and figuratively, your life depended on it. Right. Um, And so I think it's a blessing and a curse, you know, because Mm -hmm. there, there is something to be said for that level of connectivity um, that our uh, ancestors had with each other, that this need to kind of depend on each other and and you know that communal style living and things mm-hmm. like that like you know I, I think that there's some merit to that thought process however when it comes to mental and emotional processing um, that that's the piece that was never it was always an afterthought it's not something right. that was ever really considered it that that connectedness was born out of survival, like actual Mm. physical survival. And so they didn't have time to give a shit about how you felt about uh, what needed to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody cared about whether or not you really loved this person. You need to marry this person because if y'all get, if you marry this person, then, you know, that strengthens the family name or that strengthens X, Y, and Z. Don't nobody give a shit about whether or not you like your job. You need to get your ass (laughs) 
ass up and go to work every day because right. we need this money coming into the house because, you know, everybody got to eat. Nobody cares about how you feel about mm-hmm. the thing. You know what I'm saying? It's you, you just have to basically take one for the team so that we all can be okay. And so now that we're in a place where, uh, everybody is individually doing much better, we're all, mm-hmm. you know, individually, you know, relatively financially stable and, you know, like we're, we're taking care of ourselves and we don't necessarily need each other for physical survival anymore. Um, I think some of us are struggling to really make those emotional connections Mm. that we need to make and understanding that we can set boundaries with each other and still be connected. Like just because I have boundaries don't mean that I'm saying, you know, like, fuck you get out my face like I'm just saying that these are my boundaries and that these boundaries are important to me and if you can't get with it then you're gonna have to get on because this is where I am and this is what I need you know Um, and so yeah I mean but doing that I think it really comes down to understanding the power that you yield that you have the ability to set those boundaries that it's it's yours to have. You know, you could take some of them grapes out of that bag. Uh, you ain't got to take the whole bag. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That speaks to so much. Just that generational thing. Just speaking to like why people feel like, oh, your grandmother's day or your great, great grandmother's day. And it's like, well, she had to, you know, like she didn't mm-hmm. she didn't get to emote. She didn't get to feel. She didn't get to worry about hers only. You know, she yeah. had like a bigger picture or, you know, all these children, a whole lot of things to consider. So, yeah, that's why it's so different now. That makes so much sense. I really, I really, you know, hope that just, you know, shot a whole bunch of clarity at a lot of people who have been like, but why? You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, because I was like, but why? Like, I, I went through it myself in my own life, like with my family. Um, you know, me and my family, uh, we went through a period of about three or four years where we just could not I could not get on the same page with them. They could not get on the same page with me because I was setting boundaries and I was enforcing boundaries. And it was like, you know, why you always got to this, that, and the other. And I'm like, because these are my boundaries. Like, this is what I need. And if y'all cannot respect my boundaries, then I'm going to have to adjust the way that I interact with y'all. And it was very difficult. It was a lot of tears. It was a lot of difficult nights, girl, a whole lot of conversations with my therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was hard, but I knew that I had to set those boundaries. And so Mm -hmm. now we're in a place where, um, after me consistently enforcing my boundaries and being steadfast about these are what my boundaries look like, but I also still love you and I also still want you to be a part of my life, but that's going to have to look a little differently than it has looked in the past. Now that I've been consistent about that, they're starting to come around and we're reshaping what our relationships look like. We're rebuilding our connections with each other with respect respect to my boundaries and and that way I can exist in those relationships in a way that makes me feel good about myself and makes me feel good about those connections and they get to experience me in a way that they never have before because now that I'm no longer boxing myself into their expectations I'm able to actually show them who I am 
Mm. Right? I'm able to actually let them see me the way that my friends have been able to see me, the way that people, you know, outsiders have been able to see me and grow to love me that they never really got a chance to see because I was always trying to be who I thought they wanted me to be. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. But I, I see a, I see a connection. So like a long time ago, we had to stick together, you know, for, you know, for our life's sake, you know, so we can actually be here. And now we have to set boundaries for mm-hmm. our, you know, for our life's sake. So we can actually be here because like, who wants, that doesn't feel like life, you know, right. when you're, when you're trying to be something that you're not. And I see where I wrote something like, so for me, you know, everything is kind of like related to church, you know, blocking a blessing or, you know, blocking success. Like, I feel like you can't truly see the success that you would want if you're trying to be what someone else is telling you to be or mm. are trying to fit what someone else expects of you. Because it's so easy. Because for me, like, I look at it like this. Um, I am somebody who I do not like now I don't mind criticism I definitely welcome uh constructive criticism but I do not like just to be talked as far as like just like to be in trouble like say Mm. for instance if if you were setting a boundary or telling me like oh just said it just tell me what you need I have no problem giving you you know exactly what you want but as far as like being reprimanded Mm -hmm. like anything to avoid that right so I'm the kind of person, like, as soon as you give me, like I said, show me the rules, I'll, I'll adhere to them. So as soon as somebody gives me the, the rules, I'm adhering to them. So I will fix myself. I will fix my course. I will fix everything there is to avoid that confrontation. Right. Mm. And so that is just natural for me, but I realize it's an issue because somewhere in there, I'm not telling the truth (laughs) somewhere in there. I'm not being real somewhere in there I have to accept the fact that there may need to be a confrontation right Mm. I can't I can't fix myself with everything about myself and trying to avoid that uh that issue right Mm -hmm. but so much of me has been like you know patterned to just be like avoid avoid the confrontation (laughs) like avert the crises like do whatever you gotta do to stay out of trouble. Right. And so like, I feel like so many people or myself, I have been able to for so long to pattern everything about myself to steer clear of the problem. And the problem probably isn't even really a problem. It is just, it's just something that needs to be addressed. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, um, confrontation is one of those, uh, Confrontation is one of those concepts that I feel like confrontation gets a real bad rap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we we are so afraid of confrontation or we're taught that uh, to be combative or to be confrontational is like such a bad thing. Right. With, mm-hmm. But I think what right. that really is born in is you know, minimizing self-expression that's minimizing because think of the things that we think of as confrontational. Uh, Like when we have, when children talking back, right? If a child says anything or tries to express how they feel about it and we say, stop talking back, you being sassy or stop, you know, stop being disrespectful, but Mm -hmm. communicating 
what you're feeling, communicating what you want, what you need, or what's important to you is not being disrespectful. But we're taught from an early age that speaking up for yourself or being confrontational is a bad thing, right? And so, Mm -hmm. but that's because nobody wants to be challenged on they shit. You know what I'm saying? Especially adults. Nobody wants to be challenged on they shit, on they things. And again, I feel like this all, you know, listen, they be talking shit, but everything go back to slavery. I don't care what nobody yeah, absolutely. Everything, <laughs> everything it, it, goes it, it back all, to it, slavery. It's so crazy how it all ties in. I feel like they just, they, they put us in a position to where all we could worry about was survival. And, you know, it's hard to shake. It's hard to come into this realization that we're no longer in survival mode. It's hard to realize. no longer a need. It's no longer a need to be in survival mode. Like, the problem doesn't kill the opportunity. Like, just because you made a mistake doesn't mean it's over. You can still get the balloon. You can adjust Mm -hmm. the bag of grapes. You can can do what you need to do. (laughs) Like, yeah. Nothing's over because of, you know, how how grave things were like you probably couldn't, you know, um, in back in slavery, you know, talk back or say anything to, you know, the slave owner without you losing something, you know, right. like it, your it, life, like your life, like it, it probably was that intense and serious. But today that is not the case. And it's it's hard to shake, you know, and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Until you're like having this conversation and I'm having this conversation. And like you said, it all goes back to it because who wired us this way? Right. Life. Because we're not, we're not innately wired in, in that manner, you know, like that's not, that's not our natural instinct. That's absolutely something that is learned. But the mm-hmm. thing about confrontation, you know, is that any growth or change or major fundamental development comes out of confrontation. Confrontation mm-hmm. yields change and, and maturity and growth. I mean, even think about when it comes to civil rights and it comes to, you know, slavery and all of that, all of that changed because somebody was willing to confront the issue. Right. Somebody Absolutely. was willing to say, this shit is not okay. Something needs to change. Somebody needs to do something about this because this is not all right. And they had to push against that machine and say, we're not just going to sit down and take whatever is being given to us. We're going to fight. We're going to confront this thing. And the same thing exists in our individual lives. At some point, you're going to have to push back against it and you're going to have to confront it. You're going to have to say, I'm not doing this shit no more. I am not okay with this. I refuse to continue to exist in the boxes that you're putting me in. And either you're going to, you're going to respect the fact that I'm getting out of this box and that I'm going to be who I am whenever it is I need to be that, or you're going to get the fuck because it's not going to, we're not going to be able to, to keep this up because I refuse to continue to put myself in a compromised position because for, for your comfort, you get what I'm mm, saying? Right. I'm not going to keep hurting myself so that you can feel comfortable around me. So all growth comes through confrontation. We have to confront 
the thoughts and the feelings and the expectations. We have to confront the labels and the boxes. We have to confront the late, the injustices, you know, we have to confront right. those things in order for those things to change. It's not just going to change on its own. Right. Absolutely. And to, to bring it back to like the, the, the main topic of like, nobody is as powerful as we make them out to be. Maybe, maybe this idea of power is, the power that we've given it, you know, over mm-hmm. us. Like when, like, as long as we are allowing these things, allowing the bad, you know, the, the boxes and the definitions and the labels and whatever, it, as long as we're giving those things power over us. Yeah. Of course we can look at them as being powerful, but as if we take that power and say, you know what, this is actually my choice. Like you've said already, this is my choice. I can change this the way I want to be like, of course the power isn't yours. It's mine. I'm, mm-hmm. It's the way I'm defining it. It's the way I'm looking at it to where mm-hmm. it seems like you're the powerful one, but in actuality, I'm the powerful one because I can define this any way I need to. Mm-hmm. And I I can live or or stand in my truth despite the consequences. And I think despite. that's the part that we we have to definitely keep in mind is that taking back your power is not always without consequence, but doing so is really an act of power in saying, mm. you know, I understand what the potential consequences are. I understand that I could lose this relationship. I understand that I could lose this job opportunity. I understand that I could lose this financial, you know, cushion, or I could lose this, or I could lose my life. You know what I'm saying? In some cases, in certain cases, like I understand that taking my power back in this moment could cause me to lose something that there could possibly be a consequence associated with taking ownership of my power but I'm choosing to do it anyway because it is my choice to do so if you think about um, like the civil rights movement and stuff like that you had Malcolm X you had uh, Mega Evers you had um, uh, Martin Luther King you had all of these people who made the decision to stand in power to take their power Mm -hmm. and stand in their truth and they all did so at one point in time predicting their own death right they all mm. do did that understanding that there could possibly be consequences associated mm-hmm. with that and they weighed their options and they chose that it they decided that it was more important for them to stand in their truth and to yield their power than to mm. give their power to somebody who didn't deserve it you, you get what I'm saying yes. so choosing to stand in your truth is also choosing to accept the possible consequences. It may not be death, you know, for everybody. Hopefully it won't be death for everybody, but losing people, losing relationships, losing monetary value for certain things, Mm -hmm. losing opportunities, those are possible consequences. And so you have to make a decision for yourself. If it's important enough for you in terms of holding your power and not allowing other people to hold that power over you is worth it to you to, to suffer the possible consequences. That's a personal decision you have to make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I just, I just, I just know that for me, that was more important. I know some people, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it is to me, I just, I feel for the person who is still getting to that point. Like the part of me that feels like there is a person still becoming and 
that that dissension, that friction is just way too much for them right now. Because right. I know there was a, like a tender age. Well, for me, there was a tender age where I just couldn't see. I couldn't see a life where I had issue with like the people who I was closest with, like my mom and my sister. Like I could not disappoint them. Like they they broke up so many relationships. <laughs> they uh ended so many friendships because there was a disagreement and I just couldn't bear an issue yeah. with them. Right. But like it did come a day. There it did come a time where I was like, You're important to me. I love you but I also love this person, you know, mm-hmm. they're very important to me. This is what I need, you know, and this is what I need from you. And if you can do it, awesome. But if you can't, I'm accepting it, you know, and I feel like a lot of it, a lot of the power that you're taking is accepting the loss, you know? Yes. Yes. Except, yes. Uh, accepting the loss, accepting the risk, accepting the possible, you know, consequences. It's like, it feels like a lot, but if you could just accept that, for for whatever it is, because it might not be that. It might just be what it took for that person to honestly see you yeah. as an adult that, you know, gets to make decisions. Because, like, I feel like me being nine years older than my sister, like, sometimes she was my mom. Uh, and I feel like when I, when I, when I, you know, put my foot down, that's when she saw me as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was putting my foot down, it felt like I was losing her. But instead, she saw me as an adult. Yeah, you know, and so I feel like sometimes it feels like a loss, but it's actually a gain. And like, if you can just accept whatever that feels like, however much pain, however how much pain is involved in taking that stand and taking your power, just do it because you never know. Yeah. So you know, that's a it's a beautiful point that you make is this idea of the juxtaposition between uh, loss and gain. You know, like Mm -hmm. growth and change. Um, the, the reality is that loss is a part of change. Loss Mm -hmm. is a part is inherent in Mm -hmm. change. I mean, by definition, in order for something to change, it has to lose the identity that it once had, right? Like that's what change is. Break it down. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, (laughs) That's why I love you. That's what I enjoy about you. Um, but but it's true, right? So loss is inherent in change. And when we are choosing to embark upon our change journey, and we have to do so understanding that there is a loss that is associated with that mm-hmm. change. And again, we have to decide for ourselves if that loss is something that we're okay with, that if, if that loss or uh, the potential for that loss is something that we can deal with and that we can wrap our minds around and that we can be okay with. Um, And, you know, for some of us, it's not, you know, unfortunately, some of us don't have the skills that we need Mm -hmm. uh, in order to feel uh, like we can weather that type of loss. Uh, We don't Mm -hmm. have what we need to replace that thing, you know, and so Mm -hmm. it can be very scary. And I I get that. That's kind of where I come in, right? Because I teach Mm -hmm. those skills and I give you the information that you need in order to feel confident as you move forward. Um, But 
growth in order for that growth to happen there has to be loss you have to grow out of that place you have to change you have to drop some things and and no longer carry those things with you um and it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you drop that thing now doesn't mean that you that thing is never going to come back to you it -hmm. just means that you are dropping it in its current form Mm mm-hmm Right. So this relationship cannot continue the way that it currently exists. This is I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Something has to change. This relationship cannot continue in its current form. But I would love for us to renew this relationship under a new set of guidelines or under a new set of expectations Mm -hmm. or in a new version or a new form. I would love for us to be able to do that when you ready, you let me know. Right. That's, that's, that's perfect. I I really feel like um, that's important. I feel like we can also be attached to our labels mm-hmm. and how we're defined by family. Like sometimes that's the only guidance or, you know, the only definition we have is sometimes from our families like so sometimes it does mold us into decent things but it's not true to who we are mm-hmm. and sometimes just you know needing to define yourself i don't know if that um feeling is as apparent as it is in some like for me i feel like i needed to if i i don't know where i would be like i feel like life had just pushed me to a point to where it's time for you to figure out who you are like mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if everybody's life pushes them like mine did like I feel like my life took me somewhere even if it was like you know even if physically I stood in the same place I feel like my life experience took me somewhere um and I don't know if it's like that for everybody but I definitely imagine it is because you know you can't really perceive life outside of your own (laughs) you know like you know you see like okay everybody's going through what I'm going through even though I know it's not true but I feel like life pushes you because my life pushed me so I just got to the point to where I had to define myself. I had to. Yeah. I couldn't let anyone else do it. And I felt another part of like me being creative, I feel like um if if part of like if my show was to take off, um, there's a fear that it wouldn't be me, you know? Mm. Like maybe it would be, you know, monitored or limited or, you know, someone else would be in control. Yeah. You know? And I, I really feel like what makes it special is because it's me, you know? Yeah. And so, like, that that was a fear as well. So it just, like, so many things scared me when I realized I was getting attention. And it while it felt good, it was terrifying. You know, and I really wish I could have handled it better. <laughs> I really do. I really do wish I could have. But it, it just, it was overwhelming. Yeah. I, and and it, it was easier to ignore it. Like, not that I was like, I love, like, I love that I encouraged it. I'm lo- I love that people heard my show and they were encouraged to start their own. But I was like, okay, that's too much for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I just, I can't, I don't know what to do with it. I can't, and you know, just go on and try to like ignore everything so I could try to continue to do what I was doing, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the weird part for me, but I was able to, you know, just kind of like, okay, Crystal, what, what, what would you do looking back differently? You know, 
now that you've had your time and you've kind of adjusted and it doesn't feel the same way, what would you do? And I'm like, okay, I would have the conversations I was afraid to have. So this is one of those things (laughs) that I am, I am, you know, I am, you know, standing up to, you know, I'm like, I'm no longer afraid to have a conversation with someone who, you know, found my show and thought it was awesome and and said, Hey, you know, I want to be on her show. And I can go reach out to her and ask her to be on my show. That is no longer fearful because I felt like Oprah, you know, <laughs> she, wants, she wants to be on my show. I have to go ask her. Let me go ask her. Cause I'm Oprah. She's going to come on my show. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, she gave me, you gave me so much power. I feel like you were giving me power and I'm like, I'm not that powerful. <laughs> like, she, I mean, no, that's how I felt. And so now this is me saying, you know what? None of the fears involved. None of the expectations is, is involved. I'm just going to reach out to have a conversation because I like what she does. You know, and let me tell you, you you're saying that um, I gave you too much power, like you felt like I gave you too much power. But the truth of the matter is that you gave me too much power. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was the other way around. Vice you versa. gave yeah. me your power. You, you gave me power over your thoughts. You mm-hmm. gave me power over your decisions. You gave me power over your ability to move your show in a direction that would, you know, move you uh, into a, a higher class. And it's not just me. You gave all your listeners that power. You get what I'm saying? So it, right. it comes back to the topic of today. Nobody is as powerful as we make them out to be. I had no idea that I wielded that kind of power in your life. Your listeners have no idea that they yielded that kind of power in your life. The only reason why we had that power is because you gave it to us and that's in your true. head in my head absolutely and that's true and like we can have this conversation and I understand that it's just like you don't realize how you're doing it you know mm-hmm. like there's so many ways you do it there's so many ways I I do it like it's so many ways you plug things in and give them energy and give them power and even if it's not you know negative to the point to where you're like doubting yourself it is just for me I just looked at it like who am I (laughs) you know like you know like it just it was just too much and I I really like I I you know I've had this conversation before to where you know you replay things in your head and you wish you showed up differently Mm -hmm. you know and it's like you can't get time back but you can you know do better You know, Mm -hmm. you can change, you can improve. And once you realize, like, you could have handled something better, if you have the opportunity, handle it better, you know? Yeah. Well, but I think it starts with understanding where you were in that moment and Mm -hmm. why you did the thing that you did. I have this... um... I have this one memory that just haunts me. Oh my God. It it haunts me often. Um, It's uh, my last relationship before I met my husband. Mm -hmm. um, The only other man that I ever even thought 
I mean, as far as I was concerned, girl, I was done. I was marrying that man. I was going to be with that man for the rest of my life. Like right. that, he was, he was my one. Like that was it mm-hmm. as far as I knew. And then, you know, he wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, and that, that was real difficult for me mm-hmm. um, to like wrap my mind around. And I remember it took me, girl, it took about five years of back and forth for me to mm-hmm. really like let go of that relationship. And I remember that we went to, and we was kind of on again off again and during one of the Mm -hmm. periods where we was on we went to this picnic with um the girl who was my best friend at the time uh her her friends and family was having a little picnic and so he and I went to that to that picnic together and so at that picnic girl I want like I must have asked him for a kiss like 50 times like no exaggeration like oh, every oh. five minutes it seemed like I was saying like you know give me a kiss or like you know motioning to get a kiss or you know like something like that and it was overkill it was a lot you know what I'm saying and oh. I just remember like in that moment I didn't really have an awareness of it um but like now that I'm in a place where I am healed and I and I can look back on that and I can understand that that was my insecurity like I was that was a place of insecurity I was looking for that constant validation for myself mm-hmm. and for them you know what I'm saying? And so it was that that moment I am haunted by mm. that moment. Like I physically feel it in my body uh, wow. when I have flashbacks of that moment, just thinking about where I was emotionally and how broken I felt and how tattered, you know, I was emotionally um, on that day, in that moment, in that period of my life. And so when I think back on that particular moment, I think about how much power I actually was giving him, you know, Mm -hmm. me asking him for a kiss and making him kiss me in public. It it felt like a power move in that moment. It felt like, oh yeah, my man loved me. You know, he, you know, public displays of affection. And I know he loved me because if he didn't love me, he wouldn't be kissing me like this and this, that, and the other. But really it was a display of my insecurity. It was a display of how much power he had in that relationship because he, whether he realized it or not, and truth be told, girl, he's stupid. So he didn't realize it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, I mean, he let me get away. You know what I'm saying? So clearly he ain't the the, the sharpest. Yeah. The smartest crayon in the box, you know, but he had so much power in that dynamic in that relationship I felt powerless and I remember I used to talk to my line sister about it and I would say girl I just I don't understand like I know that I need to leave this nigga I know that I need to stop fucking with him like I know that this is not it like this is not where I need to be but I just feel like I can't I feel powerless and I don't like that feeling and so I had given him all of my power in that moment because I was struggling emotionally with the reality of that loss it wasn't even about him 
you just the didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose. I didn't want to lose the idea of being married or the idea of being with the person that I said that I was going to be with for the rest of my life, a failed relationship, being alone, feeling lonely. Am I going to ever find the person? Is Am I ever going to have kids? Am I ever going to be able to settle down? I don't want to be the friend that ain't got nobody. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? So like all of those things, all of those things. You just, you, oh my God. So you know how you just taught that, you know, to uh, change, you actually have to lose something. And for the longest, I tell people like, you know, in relationships, when it comes to um, actually ending a relationship, why it's so hard is because people do not like to deal with change. And we understand now that loss is change. Mm-hmm. loss is change and it's like I feel like that change like the little changes like the deleting of the number or the 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 impulses to call somebody or you know the status on Facebook or mm-hmm. the telling of your family um, you know just the 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 situations you set up when people are used to you being connected to somebody you know mm-hmm. all of that stuff is like the hard part you know you can kind of accept that this is no longer good you know the relationship right. just isn't what it used to be. So I can get that, but all the change involved, mm-hmm. you know, well, and, and it's the, the confrontation of the change. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that the thing has changed, right? So that the change itself is, you know, choosing to no longer be in a relationship. That's the, the mm-hmm. change, right? That's mm-hmm. the, the actual act of change mm-hmm. is leaving the relationship, but confronting the reality of that change, that's what the difficulty is. Because mm. when you tell your family that y'all no longer in a relationship, then now you got to confront it. Because what they're going to say, well, what happened? Well, right. what, why, why y'all not together no more? Well, you don't think you're going to take them back? Well, you don't think this and that? When you tell Facebook, then you get all of the, oh, girl, I'm so sorry to hear that. Or girl, <laughs> my, you know, I'm, I'm praying for you, girl. Are you a strong black woman, girl? You're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Or fuck that mm-hmm. nigga. He wasn't no good anyway. Or whatever, whatever, right? Like having to confront the reality mm-hmm. of that change. That is what is difficult, Right. That's the most difficult part. What other people going to say? And again, it comes back to the power that we give to everybody else. Right. So I'm going to stay in this situation. I'm going to stay hurt and, and, you know, uh, in, in this emotional turmoil, this emotional, uh, this perpetual state of distress, because I'm scared to tell my mama. Mm, No, Or because I'm scared of what people going to think or what what people going to say. Ooh, how that makes sense it don't it doesn't and yet this is what we do to ourselves yes we we maintain the facade Ugh. we maintain the appearance so that we can be accepted we maintain the appearance so that we can present ourselves as a certain kind of way so that we can continue to fit into the boxes that people have put us in. And that's that's how we get addicted to the box. Yes. <laughs> the labels, the definitions. Cause I, you know, I've come across a few people who um were married and either their marriages ended, you know, um by divorce or maybe even like a death, right? And in those cases, the women felt like people looked at them differently, right? 
And I was just like, I don't know if people are looking at you different, differently as much as you feel different, you know? Because yeah. I feel like maybe that relationship defined you in a sense, you know? Yeah. And now that that's not how you can be defined or it's just, it just no longer, it's no, no longer relevant to who you are. You feel different. You present different. You mm-hmm. show up different. You know, now you're not going to the couple's party with your man. You, you're going to go and now you feel like, oh, I don't belong because I don't have a man, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel like that part of it, like people, when things like that change, it feels like on some level that it's changing you when it it is, you know, there is a change you have to confront, but you're not different, you know? Not you as the person, but, you know, the person, like, you're no longer connected to somebody else. Right. Well, and I think it's actually a little bit of both, to be honest, because people be acting funny, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's (laughs) that's true. Like, people be acting funny. Like, when people see, like, I, I definitely notice a difference when I go out with my ring on and when I go out without my ring on. Okay. Um, like if I'm, if I'm in the grocery store, cause listen, don't get it twisted girl. I'm a hot piece. You know what I'm saying? I'm cute <laughs> or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I, when I get stressed, uh, when I put it on, I put it on, you know what I'm saying? And so if I'm going to the grocery store, if, if I'm going somewhere, going out or whatever, 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 um, I do notice a difference in how people treat me and how people interact, women in particular, how women interact with me and how women look at me when I have my ring on versus when I don't have my ring on. Um, and mm. so it's a thing. Uh, there's a, lots of science, scientific research to, to back that up and to support that, that people do have expectations of, you know, specifically when it comes to relationships, but people do have expectations of somebody that they believe is single versus somebody that they believe is not single. But there's also merit to what you're saying in that, this idea that because you are aware of where you are, like the changes that have happened in your life and and because of how you feel Mm -hmm. about your experiences, you can sometimes transfer that on to other people. We can sometimes, you know, kind of place our, uh, our emotional experiences Mm -hmm. onto uh, or project those things. Right. So that is absolutely a thing. I think at, you know, at times it can be both in any Mm. given moment. It can be both. It can be a combination of people looking at you funny and you feeling funny. So it heightens the way that you perceive them perceiving you. And it, and it just becomes this cycle that goes on and on and on. So unfortunately some of us get to a point where we don't even want to leave the house. You know, um, so we have to confront those things. I have a system that I created called the fact checking system, F-A-C-T. And we have to fact check our irrational beliefs and emotional cycles. Um, we have mm. to make sure that we are confronting those things because when it comes to mental and emotional blocks, which is what we're talking about, mental and mm-hmm. emotional blocks, confrontation yields resolution you have Mm. to resolve that thing and the only way to resolve it is to confront it head on we got to address it we got to ask ourselves those questions you know and and the fact checking system helps us to be able to do that wow that is that is deep and it it, it all kind of centers around the power we give things and people Mm -hmm. you know 
Oh my goodness. Uh, so I had one more question. So in regards to, um, I, I forgot. Uh, it'll it'll come back to me. We'll keep talking. I don't want to hold you much longer, but I, I need that to come back because it was okay. it was. <laughs> I really do. But I mean, just I am like, I'm just really excited that we got to bring out this this power dynamic, if you will, and how we we exchange or take from ourselves and give to other people, or you know, take you know, just imagine perceive other people have more power than they actually have, and you know how it affects us. And I'm just I'm just really. Happy, I guess, to be aware enough of like where I needed to, you know, circle back to, because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it kind of stuck with me, you know, because I, I kind of, I judge myself, like you know, like I replay situations in my head, like you'd be, you'd be amazed, like you said, like I don't know if I'm being traumatized by a lot of things, uh, as far as like what I did. I do have moments of cringe when I remember something I did or said, and I'm like, oh God, you know, help a lot. <laughs> but, but like in in situations to where like people were like interested in the show and I just did not, I wasn't prepared. Or I didn't understand how, or I don't know. It, it was just like, I just, I wanted to do it better, you know? And I, I wanted to um, reach out because it's not, I'm not like, I'm not, I am a very open person. I am a very accepting person. I, I I want to hear everyone's ideas. I just know that some people scared me. Um, mm. and, and I know what it is now. I can identify that it was me giving them too much power. Mm-hmm. And this is me taking my power back and saying, Latrice Sampson Richards, I need you on my show. <laughs> <laughs> And look how that worked out for you. You yes, know, yes, yeah. Because I, you know, part of me was like, Crystal, you missed out. She can sit up here and talk about she gonna stop podcasting, <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't mess up. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not stopping altogether. I'm just. I feel like you know, with the with unicorns talk. Um, Unicorns Talk podcast is forever gonna like it's, it's just forever gonna hold up, up yeah be available yes it's okay. forever gonna be available mm-hmm. but it's also forever just a part of my journey and a part of my story like Unicorns Talk podcast is the thing that really brought me into my power you know what I'm saying um, and so I, I will be forever grateful for that. Um, at the same time, though, it chronicled a, a part, a chapter of my life that I'm, I have now kind of moved on from, you know. And so um, I'm, I'm grateful for it and for what it what it is and what it, it is in my life and what it has been in my life. But I'm also ready to move on to the chapter that it is now affording me um, in my life. And so, you know, I'm not walking away from podcasting. I am a podcaster. I love podcasting um, as a medium. I believe this is this is my ministry, you know, um, <laughs> but I'm definitely um I, I, it's it's just time to close that chapter. So I'm going to do one more final episode. It's going to be the farewell episode. I'm actually going to release it uh, in tandem. Uh, well, probably actually within the next couple months. I'm thinking like toward the, the end of uh, or middle of October, I'm going to be trying to release it um, and then launching my new podcast in okay 
connection with the Afros and Audio um, Virtual Festival um, for okay. this year. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at the Afros and Audio Festival this year. And so a part what my topic is, uh, the truth about creative burnout. And um, it is just basically my journey and my story and what I've learned about my own journey of, of moving through creative burnout and things like that. And just tips and pointers on how to identify it and how to overcome it. Um, and I feel like that's the perfect time to kind of uh, release my newest creative endeavors and let everybody see where I am now, you know? That sounds perfect. So you have brought me back to okay. my question. All so right. in relation to the power we give people, I feel like you speak on this a lot, or I've heard you speak on it a lot. It is like how we present ourselves to the world, like how, like women, like for me, like, I, I, I don't know, but I perceive um, that people might, because I don't do like a lot of, um, I don't do face, the face videos and, um, I, I post, I'm probably posting more pictures of myself than I usually would. But I know like when I first started, I did very few pictures or whatever, but I, I feel like, um, people just assume like, okay, Crystal ain't really into it. And I just, I'm not really into that part of it yet. I feel like it's important, but I don't feel the tug personally for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the question I am trying to ask is how does that dynamic work with the power we give people on our appearance, like the expectation of looking a certain way? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think what happens a lot of times is that, uh, of course, like we've been saying the whole time, um, people put these expectations on us and then we start to box ourselves in. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I realized is that, um, I'm sitting here and I'm expecting people to accept me as is, and I'm getting pissed because they're not accepting me for who I am, or they're not letting me be who I am. And what I had to realize was the role that I was playing in that. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. not showing them who I am. So how can I say you got to accept me as is, and I'm not willing to show you what that looks like, right? I'm not willing to, to make it, make you see who I am. I'm only showing you the things that I believe you want to see. I'm boxing myself in based on what I believe your expectation of me is. And so I'm only ever showing you things that reaffirm the box that you have me in. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Perfect sense. There it is. So, you know what? I'm, you know, this is moments like this when I am very excited that I named my show what I named it, not for my own reasons. This is my husband's idea, but as crystal clear, um, it, it has multiple meanings. And so I get to, you know, I, I feel like crystal clear, like my first year or so, it did pull me through a journey that I was going through, right? And I totally understand leaving a certain place and, you know, healing and getting to another place. And, you know, there were, I I have had moments to where I'm like, am I done with crystal clear? You know, but there, I have those moments where I'm like, you're not. And I feel like talking to you is just like helping me understand that crystal ain't clear yet. You know, Mm. Crystal, crystal has so much more clarity to gain and, um, while I'm gaining that clarity, I, I, I want to share on this platform, you know? So I really thank you for coming and doing such a wonderful job. Oh my God. Amazing. 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 I'm very excited for you and what you have coming up and the new podcast and, 
you know, anything you do, um, I'm excited for you. I, I am, I admire your strength in, you know, saying, okay, unicorn, uh, talk, it's time. Like I, that's just so much power. Like your power is evident, you know, you're exercising it, you know, I'm impressed. Okay. And, um, <laughs> I just enjoy everything you do, and I really thank you for blessing Crystal Clear Podcast. And I'm really happy I was able to gather enough strength to ask you to come on my show. Yeah, well, listen, I I appreciate you as well, and um, I appreciate. I'm I'm glad that you was able to gather your strength and ask me to come on on the show as well. Um, but I I want to be clear. Uh, you know, crystal clear, okay, (laughs) (laughs) that you hold a great deal of power yourself, just your own story, your own existence, your own willingness to be courageous and to share your journey. It matters. It matters way more than you might realize in this moment. It It might be years before you really understand the significance of what you're doing right now um, in your life, in your in your children's lives and in the lives of the people that are listening to your show. Um, and so I I do listen to your show and I and, you know, I, I'm not always able to catch every episode, but I make sure that I check in with you um, to see what's going on in your life and to see how you're doing. And I follow you on social media and stuff like that. And I want you to know that you have way more power than you give yourself credit for. Um, And I think that that's something that uh, if it's not already a part of your journey, it absolutely needs to be a part of your journey in terms of uh, the intentionality of acknowledging that for yourself, like being intentional about uh, you know, identifying the amount of power that you actually carry because vulnerability is one of the most difficult I'm talking about excruciatingly difficult and challenging for a lot of us. And so what you're doing, sharing your journey, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself to make mistakes, allowing yourself to figure that out, allowing yourself to talk it through and sharing that journey and being vulnerable in that way with your audience, that is a courageous act. And so I I really want you, I want for you, what I want for you is to really see the power that you yield in your own life and how powerful you really are. Because I I think that sometimes you minimize yourself, you know, like I feel like sometimes when I'm listening to your show uh, and like just sometimes the way you talk about yourself and things like that, like you, you have a tendency to minimize what you're doing, you know? And so that, that's what I want for, for you is to really acknowledge for yourself and be intentional about acknowledging for yourself just how powerful you are and how even though you're scared, even though you're not sure, even though you have concerns and questions and qualms about whatever is the the question, concern, or qualm for that day, (laughs) that you do it anyway. And you keep moving and you keep making effort and you keep trying and you keep you know, overcoming all of the obstacles 
in the mental and emotional blocks that that come up for you and share that journey with the world that is powerful and so i just i just wanted to you know i just wanted to say that you know well i, I appreciate you for saying that i thank you so much um it is something that um i will focus on and get better with uh definitely focus on trying to get better at it and with it i don't know what the issue is like i can theorize all of the things i believe but i really just feel like it just takes intentional work in that area to improve and you know to continue to strengthen that area of you know what i do i do i do i do not mind that you know it is seen you know, like people witness it and, you know, hear it and pick up on it because I, I know it's a part of the journey. You know, like I'm I'm going to have to experience this to work through it and, you know, to get where I need to go. It's just a part of it. But I do know it is something that I need to be working on and getting better at because I'm not going to pretend that I don't understand or even feel, you know, what you know the, what I'm doing is you know beneficial and the power that comes from it and the power that has to be there it is just something that I think I struggle with you know leading with you mm -hmm. understand so yeah. um I'm just I'm going to work on that it is definitely something I'm trying to get comfortable with and I don't I guess I am my biggest struggle with it right now is what it looks like on crystal you know mm -hmm. <laughs> what does it look like for me you know, like, not that I have to present a certain way, but just to have an idea. Like, I kind of, in some areas, I do wish I had a point of reference, you know? When like, you say, what what does it look like? You mean, like, what does that focused intentionality look like? No, like, um, accepting my power and, like, mm. what, you know, the value, you know, the value that I bring instead of downplaying it. Uh, what does it look like? You know, like, I, I guess I don't, I'm afraid of being... Like, I don't want to feel like I've arrived, you know? Like, I don't want to come off as overly confident. I don't want to, you know, I don't know. And I I, feel, I don't feel like people do. Like, I, like, you, you, I feel like you're in your power and I don't get any, you know, any extra air from you. Like, I feel like you are still genuine, but mm -hmm. I don't know why I fear that for me. Like, I, I feel like I will come, our people, I don't know. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Power, I'm giving to things and... <laughs> And, and people. Yeah. People. So, I, you know, I think that's a much deeper conversation that you need to have with your therapist. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, um, and but but what I can say is in terms of what it looks like, um, like what acceptance of self looks like in a in a practical and tangible kind of way like what that mm -hmm. process or that journey looks like mm -hmm. it looks like uh being intentional about mm -hmm. how you see yourself how you think about yourself how you speak of yourself it looks like being intentional about acknowledging your wins no matter how small those wins might be so getting comfortable with acknowledging your wins, being comfortable with saying like, I did a damn good job on this. Or, I did, you know, this, this came out real good. Or, you know what, damn girl, you having a real good hair day. Like I, I, my, I really believe that 
the more success you experience, the more likely you are to experience success. And so that means in Mm. really celebrating those wins, no matter how small they may be, it might be, you know, um, I don't know. It it could be, uh, you know, I baked the cake without burning it. You know what I'm saying? Girl, (laughs) that's a good, that's a good job, you know, or, uh, I'm having a really good hair day today. I was listening back to some live streams that I did a while back. And one of them was a five minute, literally a five minute live stream where I just talked about how I was having a good damn hair day that day (laughs) and how important it was for me to be having a good hair day. And what the, what the underlying lesson is that comes from acknowledging that you're having a good hair day. That is a win girl. Cause you, you know, like I know girl, the hair don't always do the girl got a mind of her own. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? She does what she wants to do whenever she feel like damn doing it. And so a good hair day for me, a day where I feel cute, a day where I feel sexy, a day where I feel like, damn, bitch, you really are that bitch. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like those days, that's a win. It's a personal win. Not all of your wins are going to be outward wins. Some of those wins are just for you, but they, they still wins. They count. And so yes. I think it, it what that tangibly looks like is acknowledging those wins for yourself first and getting yourself comfortable with saying, good job, patting yourself on the back. Damn, girl, you the shit. Damn, girl, you all that. Damn, girl, you sexy in this moment. And allowing that to build your confidence in yourself over time. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. And I do think that you need to try to pinpoint what the underlying reason for that is, Mm -hmm. like why it's such a struggle for you. But again, that's a conversation for you and your therapist to have, mm-hmm. or, you know, if you, if you work with a coach or something like that, somebody who right. actually know what they're doing, not just any old coach, but somebody that actually knows what they're doing. That's a kind that's like a one-on-one conversation, but that doesn't mean that you can't start the process of being intentional about acknowledging your power. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. thank you thank you thank you this was a beautiful conversation um I hadn't had a conversation on for this platform in a long time (laughs) and I I needed it um the other day I'm just like Crystal you got work to do girl get get it get it popping and and I feel like for me I'm the kind of person that I have to um set myself up you know like I have to like obligate myself to things that I know I want to do. And once I do that, that's how I get started because I dare let anybody else down. I dare not keep my word. So that's kind of how I function. So I just had to, you know, make this, get this in the books. You taught me how to do a Google invite. Um, I'm so proud. (laughs) That's a success. Um, That is a success. That's a win, girl. That's That's a a win. win. I know how to do Google invites. And that's going to be a part of my um, guest inviting going forward. So mm -hmm, I'm impressive. Uh, (laughs) So that is one thing. And I just really, really thank you. And um, I just, I don't, I can't say thank you enough, but you were amazing. And um, 
I wish I'd done it sooner, <laughs> but it's well, all good. You know time what? Yeah. Everything. Listen, this is the time that it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I firmly believe that, like I said before, this is the first time, but it definitely will not be the last time okay. we're going to work with each other again. Um, because there's so much alignment, um, between where we are in, in our individual journeys. And so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to continuing to grow together, you know, individually, but together at the same time you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely this was this was everything you you've made my day you made my september um you know i i am trying not to this 2020 too hard and i'm trying to you know stay optimistic and saying yes this tough time is you know growth time and i appreciate it for what it is because i know like the hardest years the next year the next two years you're just like wow look what you did Mm-hmm. 2015 look what you did 2016 like 2020 on the other side of this 2022 oh my god what can we, we'll be able to look back and say what girl let me tell you I was talking <laughs> to my therapist the other day I saw my therapist on Friday and I was like didn't we just have an anniversary we both had to look back on August 9th we made one year um, that that uh, me and my therapist been in a relationship with each Aww. other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was thinking back to where I was uh, on August 9th, 2019, and what caused me to, you know, reach out and, and get me a therapist or whatever. And the darkness, the dark space that I was in in that time. Mm-hmm. And girl, I am in a completely different place in my life today you hear what I'm saying so you really never know you like you know life happens life changes life converts itself on a on a regular basis and you know we can either sit along sit on the sidelines and just let that shit happen to us or we can be an active participant and and direct the, the traffic, you know what I'm saying? And, and Absolutely. I'm a Leo girl. I like to be in charge, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. I love that. That is what's up. I mean, listen, I've, I've learned a lot. I, I'm happy to have experiences where I can learn um, and receive. And it just, it just feels right with you, Latrice. And I really appreciate it. Um, thank you. I will say thank you a million times. So instead of doing that, I'm going to let you, you know, go so you can do whatever you do in your evenings. And I'm pretty sure it's late. Well, thank you. Yeah. So uh, you I, you can follow me on Instagram at Latrice Sampson Richards. I'm also on Facebook at Latrice Sampson Richards. Um, you can join my Facebook group, Trust Village. It is a safe space for healing and manifestation. Um, and uh, just look up Trust Village on Facebook. Um, and if you want any more information about how to work with me uh, in a one, one-on-one capacity or in a group coaching capacity, you can head over to my website, Latrice Sampson richards.com and go to the work with me tab and it'll give you all of the information there all right guys go do all of those things i'm i'm about to facebook trust village myself um i've heard her say it a million times i just i don't believe in facebook i forget i have one i have one i'll be over there and um thank you latrice everyone Goodbye. We're going to let Latrice get a rest because it's too late (laughs) and um, I'm being disrespectful on time. And thank you so much. You have a great evening. Thank you for coming on a Crystal Clear podcast. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.